like to welcome everybody to the first For Your Career podcast. Um, this is going to be a new podcast that I've started to try to get out some information on, that will hopefully help you with your careers as you move through. I have a special guest today, and uh, that guest is Chad Gilligan, the PGA head professional at Lasanneville Country Club. Uh, Chad has not only been at Lasanneville here for the last few years, but uh, previously been at Cincinnati Country Club, as well as Reynolds Plantation and Pinehurst. And we're going to discuss uh, how to drive value at your facility. Uh, we're going to discuss how we can um, not only create value, but how we communicate that value to turn it into some additional compensation for yourself. So I'd like to welcome Chad in. Chad, thank you so much for joining me today. Keith, thank you for having me. Honored to be your first guest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, hopefully, it'll be a fun new format for everybody that uh, will get out some good information. So extremely, extremely happy that you were able to join me for, for this first time. Um, so, Chad, we're going to jump right into it here. You know, really, as I said, we're going to talk about driving value at the facility. You know, you've done some fantastic things at LaSantaville. You know, how have you driven value at, at the facility? Like, what are the things that you've done to help turn turn that facility around? I think it started, uh, you know, a couple of years into my tenure here. We realized that we needed to get younger at the club, uh, that the membership was aging, and we decided to promote a friends and family program as uh, we feel that your current members are your best uh, sellers of your club. So we reached out to our membership and allowed them to bring in friends and family at a reduced rate. And it's kind of a tiered program that uh, year one's basically 50% dues, year two, 75%, and then year three, moving forward, you're at full dues. But that was kind of the start of, I think, getting the club heading in the right direction. Um, but through that time, we've just tried to be innovative, you know, make new changes, uh, you never want to jump into a new role and just change everything up. I think you got to sit back and reevaluate or evaluate the club and the tournament program and the instruction program and everything as a whole before you can make those changes. So, you know, through the, this is just completed my seventh year here. We've tried to come up with new events each year, um, come up with new uh, clinic structures and clinic topics and, um, Obviously, the golf shop, we try to continue to turn over maybe different uh, vendors and uh, different products, just trying to make things new and exciting each year so they come in feeling refreshed and, you know, the members are looking for what's next, what's new, and it's always kind of a kind of a surprise almost to some degree, but just trying to do stuff like that. I mean, I think earning the trust of the membership and the leadership here is crucial. Um, and it is at all clubs and facilities where the more they trust you as your, as their go-to golf professional, their, you know, expert of the game, I think earning that trust goes a long way in uh, getting them to, you know, play in your events, purchase from the golf shop, just support the club, bring guests, et cetera. So, um, and then lastly, just trying to provide the most exceptional service you can with what you have. I mean, Anytime you can get a member to go, wow, they exceeded my expectations. I didn't think they were going to go do that for me or, you know, just anything. You know, a guy loses a wedge on nine green. We make sure someone runs it out to him on the course. We don't wait on him to finish his round. Just, you know, exceeding expectations, earning trust, trying to continually evolve, I think, are 
really some major keys to driving the value. Well, those are all fantastic items. And obviously it's worked extremely well for, for you down there at LaSantaville. Um, what are some of the unique things that you think that you've brought to LaSantaville though, you know, through, through the time I know, again, we, we all talk about, you know, adjusting, um, our, our instructional items, our, our clinic structure, our, our events. What are some of the unique things? If, if you can kind of give away a few of your trade secrets, so to speak, that, you know, that, that you say, okay, this has been extremely successful for us. Obviously it's, it's not a, a one size fits all for all facilities, but I know everyone's always looking for different ideas out there. I would say a few things we've done. I mean, one thing is like you said, changing, adjusting, you know, our membership went from being uh, much older to now we're 45 to 55% of our golfers are under the age of 40. So we've had to adjust what we buy in the golf shop you know, smaller sizes, more flashy, um, exciting brands. Um, I think probably the biggest thing we've done, though, is just add some fun social events to get, you know, a lot of these members are new. They don't know a lot of people when they come to the club or maybe nobody. So just trying to get some fun events, social events to get everybody kind of intertwined with each other, um, makes them want to come out here more often, gives them more opportunity to come out here more often. You know, we do a par three challenge. We'll return nine of the holes on the golf course into par threes. That's been successful on the, I guess you could say, beginner golfer, kids, um, women primarily. Um, gets them out playing a course that's, you know, maybe more more fun. Um, it's not as competitive, obviously. It's more of a social event. We We really just pay out close to the pins on that event, so. It's not like you're keeping score. Um, we've done a cross-country tournament where we literally set up nine holes that cross from, for example, 10 T to 11 green or, you know, stuff like that. You know, and then the social aspect, we've added Adirondack chairs all around our 18th green. Just anything we can do to try to get people engaged, get them staying here longer, get them meeting more people. Those have kind of been... And we've done a lot of that in different ways, but those are just some examples. No, that's fantastic. Again, those are, I think that's, that's the key factor, right? When we're looking at driving value to our facilities, it's about engaging our, our membership or our customer base and making them, you know, want to utilize the facility more and more uh, versus just, you know, once, twice a week, turn those, those individuals into someone that's going to be out there three or four times a week. And, all of a sudden that translates over into not only success from a golf operation side, but F and B and, and the whole club ends up benefiting. So again, yeah. all, all great ideas there from that standpoint. I mean, I think that's, it's going to lead to kind of into my next question. You know, when we talk about driving the value, it's, it's all well and good to drive the value, but we also have to track that impact that we have at our facilities. So how do you track not only the golf side of things, Chad, but just the impact that you're having by introducing all of these different items and, and areas to the club? How do you, how do you track that impact across the club as a whole, even, you know, from F and B through golf and, you know, down to the, the total bottom line revenue? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that's, it's a difficult question, but I think that it can be done in a lot of different ways, just depending on how you want to look at it. I mean, 
a wise general manager once told me the most important day of the month at a club is the day the members receive their bills. If they open up that bill and look at the bottom line and go to pay their bill and they're happy with what they're paying, then you're doing a good job. You know, you're providing the value for what they're getting for the price that they're paying. So I think that's something to consider. You know, you've got to make sure that each member opens up that bill at the end of the month and says, yeah, that was totally worth it. I love it being there. I'm going to continue this process. But I think tracking it is, for us, is a few different ways. I mean, you can track it by rounds. You know, are your rounds increasing? Are they decreasing from year to year, month to month? Um, so we look at that trend, obviously. We look at membership levels. You know, when I first got here, we had 248 total members. About 190 were golf. Right now, we're at 340 golf members and almost 500 total. So obviously, you've got to look at stuff like that. The main things, your your numbers of members, your numbers of revenue, which typically come from your dues line or your your usage, you know, your carts, your guest fees, food and beverage. Um, so you got to look at all that, which, I mean, that all boils down to the budget, your revenues. Are you keeping them in line with your expenses or your expenses in line with what you're doing? I mean, this year was an example of our revenues being way over budget. Expenses were over budget too, but you almost had to expect that. You had needed more staff, needed more supplies, more range balls, et cetera. So I think you got to track some of that through budget. Um, we also use member surveys. We've been doing them about every every year. It's not the same survey every year. We kind of mix it up with member satisfaction one year, and then you know, kind of a an open ended survey like, what would you like to see us improve on? Um, get a lot of good feedback from surveys. Uh, I think surveys sometimes can be a uh, stepping stool for someone just to complain but at the end of the day you end up getting a lot of good ideas that you maybe you know you didn't have fresh eyes on or maybe someone new coming in saw so we use surveys a little bit um we also kind of look at our instagram you know social media following facebook you know how many likes how many followers when we when we post post to the web or to social media are we getting interaction so those are just some ways that we try to track, you know, if we feel like we're providing value or not. Well, all, all good ways. I especially like the member survey items. Um, obviously, rounds of golf are tricky in my mind. And the only reason is, is because we could have a, a bad weather year, obviously, but people are still sure. engaged. People might still be using the club in other ways that have been brought in. So again, you know, Chad, as, as we look to this, and, and I, I know that you you do this really well, which is why I wanted to have you on as a guest, but, you know, as we're talking to the other professionals out there, you know, don't, don't, don't get caught up so much in just the golf operation side of things. I, I think we have to look at, at our impact on the club as a whole, uh, you know, um, you know, you talk about creating new instructional programs and, and you're getting more kids and, and women involved or, or beginning golfers involved. You know, a, a great way to kind of look at that is, is if the kids are just getting involved, if this is the first year that they're involved, let's let's take a look at that family's member spend from the year prior to this year. And most likely it's probably gone up. So that's another way I think that we can also track the value that our programming and different things are having on the club because 
if their member spend goes up, obviously that has a, an impact on the club as a whole, not just on our operation. It'll obviously benefit ours, but at the same time, they're probably eating more, you know, um, potentially, potentially they come into a new social circle and now they're at different social events and different things too. So a, a lot of things that we do through the golf operation can really have a, a large impact on the club operation as well. And at the end of the day, that makes you as a golf professional invaluable in my mind. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. That's one thing we've talked a lot about this year and really over the last couple of years is, you know, now that we're getting younger and more families into the club, we need to be more, um, we need to promote all members of the family using the club, not just uh, the golfers, so to speak, at the beginning of the day when they maybe joined, you know, trying to get, you know, the kids involved, trying to get the, the spouses involved. And I think that, like you said, it goes a long way because that's going to drive more, more value to them, but also more usage of the club. So that's a good point. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, this year more than any, right? Like the golf operation has been the rock star of, of our golf courses because food and beverage across the country is, has been almost non-existent, un unfortunately due to, to all the COVID restrictions. So, you know, truly we're, we're finding out, you know, what, what golf can be, I think. And have you done anything, Chad, to, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm guessing you've seen a, significant jump in rounds played and, and people utilizing the club from a golf aspect. Do you guys have any plans, you know, going into 21 here of going, okay, we've seen all this increase. Now, how do we keep all these people engaged as the world hopefully starts to return to normal? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, I think that's one thing we've talked about here recently is just, and I was going to actually mention that as we went through this is just to, basically try to keep, you know, COVID for golf has been helpful. And like you said, getting more people out to the golf course, getting new players into the game. Now you just have to find ways to retain those people and get them coming back. You know, we've, we've gone from uh, a small, very small two to six to eight players on a Thursday evening for our, what we call our ladies night out. And that was designed for new players just to meet each other get out, play nine holes, grab a drink, don't keep score. If you don't want to just go have fun, pick up whenever you want. And that's something that we've really, that was a really a bi-weekly thing when we started it, but moving into 2021, it's going to be weekly. Uh, they can sign up online. Uh, we'll do the pairing. So it'll become more and more structured, I guess you could say. Um, junior league we did this year and was very successful. Every single kid on the team showed up to every practice, every game. So we're going to continue that, um, you know, just trying to continue new programs and build on the programs we already have, I guess you could say, to try to keep people uh, engaged because obviously we've got an influx of new golfers, not only here, but everywhere. And you want to just make sure that they stay with the game. No, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's everybody's challenge, right? Like as we go into 21, is is really how do we retain these individuals because we've we've obviously seen we've always thought okay what's what's the barriers to golf like why why have we lost rounds why have we lost you know players those sorts of items i think if COVID's taught us anything it in my mind at least it's it's not that the game's too hard it's not that the game 
takes too long necessarily, probably a little bit too long. It's just, there's so many other things going on. So how do we reignite the interest that has been kind of gone through COVID has reignited that interest. Now, how do we hold that interest when soccer returns, when baseball returns, you know, when all these other sports return and, and, and people are traveling again and all these different items, you know, how do we kind of create that atmosphere to say, okay, let's, let's really grasp hold and, and Hey, I want to stay out playing golf. Like this was, this was awesome. I was just going to say another thing that we've done is you kind of got me to think of that as you were talking was we're doing a course enhancement project with, you know, re rebuilding all of our bunkers, um, shifting some fairway patterns. But the main thing that we accelerated this year was building new tees because we're building forward tees on every hole. So by accelerating that move and maybe shifting some of the other work later we're targeting those those spouses and those kids to keep playing by having those shorter golf courses so they can enjoy it more oh that's that's fantastic again i think anything that we can do to engage that new golfer and and keep them engaged is is an awesome thing i know i, I don't know about you i've talked to some sales reps it sounds like starter sets are are the golf world's toilet paper of of 2020 and 2021 you like you can't find starter sets right now which is a fantastic starter sets and push cards. yeah starter sets and push cards so we're, we're going back to the grassroots here which is awesome um so obviously we've had a banner year you know from a golf side of things for most most golf facilities you know we we've seen play is up extremely everything else so Chad, we've talked about tracking the impact that we have, but I think just as important in tracking, obviously is communicating that value and, and the, that impact that we've had to our direct reports, whether it be a general manager, a board of directors, a, a golf course owner, you know, what are the, how do you communicate the value that you've driven at the facility? And what is that? Have you seen success in doing that? And, and again, not getting into too personal, but you know, we're looking at driving our own pay scale, right? Like this, this hopefully by creating impact and creating value will help us see pay increases as well as staff increases. So, you know, I, I know the staff has increased, I believe for you down there. Um, you know, how, how is communicating that value helped with that? And how, how do you communicate that value? Yeah, I would say uh, probably about four to five years ago, I began writing a letter to the board at the end of each year, um, kind of highlighting what we had done, what we were successful with, um, you know, always gave them the rounds number, the revenue numbers, the expenses, you know, the stuff they need to know, but also, you know, making them kind of understand what we've done outside of just what they see on a piece of paper from uh, maybe a board meeting, you know, just, you know, mentioning that our Facebook likes went up. 38% or our Instagram likes went up 200% or, you know, just anything that I can think of, um, you know, we provided an increase in uh, clinic participants. We provided, uh, you know, the members played in what percent more rounds this year, what percent more tournament rounds this year, just any stat that I can come up with um, to kind of open their eyes to what we've done to continue to improve. Um, it's almost like I take the same template every year and just kind of update the numbers with, uh, you know, a few different, uh, key notes and, you know, key staff changes, whatever it may be. 
So I make sure that they get that at the end of every year, um, which generally sparks them to say, oh, yeah, we need to do his review, um, which, like you said, ends up uh, keeping in the back of their mind that uh, pay increases or merit increases or bonuses or whatever they are need to be considered. Um, you know, I do have my golf committee meeting basically bi-monthly and I update the golf committee bi-monthly with all that information and just provide them with, you know, tournament updates. We have this many signed up for this event, um, you know, just stuff like that. So, and most of the golf committee, well, about half the golf committee are on the board. So it's kind of reiterating what we're doing over and over, but I think, um, they do appreciate the, as much info as I can possibly give them. No, that, that's great. Again, I mean, I think I think more information obviously is always key versus less information. You know, the, we don't just want to walk in or, or provide. Again, I, I feel like we have to get away. We obviously have to report rounds of golf and, and that, but I think we need to get away from that as being just our, our only barometer of success, um, which it sounds like you have, which is fantastic. And I think that's why hopefully you've seen some success in, in increasing staffing and and merit increases, whether it's through bonuses or, or additional compensation, whatever it may be, you know, those, when we go in to try to negotiate those items, like we just can't go in there without any ammunition, right? Like we have to have sure. our, our ducks in a row, so to speak. Um, Chad, I don't know if you, if you've encountered this, but I know I have in my career, there was a time when I, I would try to go in and, and communicate the value that I was bringing by talking about increases in tournament participation or increases in golf outings that were at the club. And a lot of times I'd kind of get a blank stare back. And what I, what I found was I wasn't communicating in a language that they understood necessarily, meaning that we as golf professionals, we understand the value of all of that, all of those different increases, but the people that we're talking with may not. So, I had to translate that into a dollars and cents conversation to get them to sure. yeah, yeah. and that value. Absolutely. You got to be able to quantify it in some degree, whether it's percentages or dollars or it's got to, it's got to resonate with them. They got to be able to look at that and go, okay, wow, that's, that's a big number. That's a big increase or a decrease, you know, depending on what you're talking about. But I think you've got to put it, you got to be able to quantify it. Yeah, you know, obviously, I always talk about measurable and tangible data points. So something that we can either measure or something that they can really kind of wrap their arms around and understand truly what's happening um, at the club. So, um, Chad, we're going to we're going to round to home here. Um, do you have any suggestions to those that are looking to turn around their operation, you know, increase their comp, add staffing, anything, you know, that that you can kind of little nuggets of, of information that you could provide to could provide you are looking. Well, I mean, that, that could go a lot of different directions, but I would say the one thing that in my opinion, always trumps anything else is the service you provide. I mean, we're in the service industry, hospitality industry, the more you can make people happy. I mean, they come to the club or the golf course or the resort, wherever you're at to have fun. I mean, they're coming there for relief, to get exercise, to be competitive, whatever it is, they're coming there to enjoy where you are. So the more you can go out of your way to make people happy, whether it's coming, going while they're playing, um, kind of that circle of service, you got to make sure you hit all checkpoints with your staff, 
anything you can do to increase service is number one. You know, we got a huge influx and head start, like we've already talked about this year of new golfers. And, you know, even your, your average golfer or your, your very competitive or big time golfer, they have played more golf. So anything you can do to ride that and continue to get them to stay happy and playing golf, I think will be beneficial um, in the long run. No, I think that's, it's a fantastic suggestion. And um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to round this out by putting in a shameless plug, but, you know, always feel free to reach out to, to me uh, as, as your career consultant. Uh, I'm happy to have these conversations with anybody out there as to how best to track information, communicate it, as well as just what's going on in the industry. And I, I know that also don't be afraid to utilize the network of golf professionals across the country, reach out to professionals like Chad, um, you know, that are doing some great things at their facilities. You know, that's what's, what's awesome about being a PJ professional. We're a very tight knit community and family, and we're always willing to help each other out. So, um, definitely would. Yeah, you kind of stole my, you stole my end of the, uh, <laughs> podcast discussion here. I was going to make sure that people reach out to you, use your services. You've been a lot of help to me. You know, some of the things we discussed in this podcast were things that you, either suggested or we worked on together. So, you know, use those PGA compensation reports when you go in and talk to your, your board or your owner, or whoever it may be, those are extremely helpful because you can break those down into facility type, um, area of the country, PGA section, et cetera. So I think, you know, don't be afraid to ask for it. In my opinion, I mean, I was a little nervous to write that first letter to the board asking for a raise, but I mean, at some point, in my opinion, if you honestly feel you deserve it, you probably do. If you're going in there and maybe you're questioning whether you deserve it, then maybe you don't. But I think if you feel like you truly deserve additional staff, additional budget, additional anything, you know, bonuses, whatever it is, don't be afraid to ask for it. I mean, worst thing is they can say no. But I truly feel if you're doing a good job, they feel like you're doing a good job and you believe that you have earned it, they're, they're going to look at it seriously. And you've no, been I, a lot of help with me in that area. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I can be. It's an awesome part of my position is, is that I do get to help and, and have these conversations and, you know, there's, there's times when it works out and there's other times when it doesn't, but we're at least going to have the conversation and, and keep working forward. So Chad, again, I want to thank you for being my first guest on the, on the podcast here. Um, I look forward to continuing these. These will be monthly. Uh, we'll have a different topic each month. But Chad, thank you so much again uh, for coming out. And, and I want to wish you a happy new year here as, as we get ready to turn the calendar to 2021. My pleasure. Happy new year to you as well. All right, Chad, thank you so much. And um, everyone else, um, continue to tune in. Look forward to doing these. If you have any suggestions or comments on these, please don't feel free to reach out to me either uh, via email or, or through any of my social media channels. But thank you all and have a wonderful day.